smoking and growing and watching prohibition fall down. What is up, DGC? It's Scotty and Banner. What's up? Hey, hey. And a little Know Your Breeder series, man. We got Brandon from In-House Genetics. What's up, man? What's going down? Thanks for having me on. Ah, it's a pleasure, man. Hey, Rolling Stoner, great job uh, getting us this guest. A uh, very popular breeder. You got a great reputation, and you seem like a pretty damn cool guy. Been hanging out with you for all about three minutes, and I'm already enjoying it. So, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, you know, we were bullshitting. I said, stay here for the show. First off, where where are you? Where are you, man? Where are you? So we come, so we come from the Pacific Northwest, uh, Seattle. Uh, Washington, to to be exact, um, they uh, we do a lot of the a lot of our work is done in the foothills because we're right at the bottom of the our, you know Cascade Range, uh, right okay. to the east of it. And that sounds beautiful. Hey, I just had this on our trivia question. I got Ganja Land for Christmas. It's like Candyland, but it's gone. <laughs> and one of the questions was, what were the first two states to legalize recreational? And I said Colorado and Washington. Those are the first two, mm-hmm. right? What two thousand twelve, something like that. 14. Yeah. So uh, even before that, so we had a, uh, we had a medical program and then we had legalization that came and it took a long time to implement just uh, so Colorado beat us to the gate. And then just a month or two after Colorado, then Washington came on. So the kind of Colorado and Washington, which spearheaded and showed a lot because uh, uh, you know, with the, with the, with legalization and also, they got a they got a taste of that tax money. Mm. Hey, when did you get into the game? You right around then, or you always been from from uh, Washington? Like, did you just jump right in in 2012? Or tell me about that. No, so it goes back way way farther than that. I mean, back. I right mean, on. depends on where you where you where you want to start. Like, um, you know, basically in the weed game, uh, we're talking, you know, right out of right out of high school, and then <laughs> you know. Um, here we had two things we had what was called local and then what was called bc bud and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. right one was 2400 2700 for that bc bud that local was 32 to 4200 depending yeah. on on what it was and so a uh, couple of my friends uh they at the time they were bringing in i mean contractor bags you know uh, 100 200 pounds of those that bc bud and it was i mean at the time it was okay but now if you looked at it you wouldn't you would you would probably quarantine it because you're just like yeah. this looks disgusting but and then uh, bc bud was the choice between regs and and crip you know what i mean if you couldn't or, or whatever you want to call it if, if you couldn't afford yeah, a hundred yeah kind but if you could call it a crip in florida if you couldn't afford a hundred dollar quarter and you didn't want a forty dollar ounce you get what i think it was like 180 200 bucks an ounce for you know, how many people are going to be around? But they were pleasant to smoke. It wasn't chronic, but it was pleasant to smoke, man. I don't yeah. know, man. I always yeah. thought. And that's kind of where it's where you get kind of uh, like into the into the actual game, especially like, you know, pack moving and, and all of that. And we uh, had a nice, good like group of friends and they did that for a number of years. But uh, a friend of mine that I was actually working with because they come from the construction uh, from the construction trade. And he, uh, he's like, Oh, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm growing. And at the time it was um, white widow. And I was like, Oh, cool. I said, well, can I get some clones, you know? And, uh, and, at the, you know, I didn't really know anything really at the time. I don't even think I even said clones. I was like, can I get some plants? You know, I want to try this. And, and what year is this? So, what's that? What year? Oh, this has to be like, 2002 okay okay right on perfect right 2001 2002 um i was about 1920 at the time and they uh and so he's like sure so uh, a couple days later he shows up to work he's got this box and soil and and these plants in it and i don't have a light i don't have nothing right so i we had these uh distributors that uh for for the uh for the flooring industry and i just happened to be at the distributor and they had those uh shop lights and oh, sure. big old ballast on the top of them. And, and I asked the guy that was working the warehouse, I was like, Hey, what are you going to do with that light? And, uh, cause I knew a little, I knew enough. Right. And he's like, Oh, we're going to throw that away. So I was like, okay. So I had this big, huge, like shop, like, you know, uh, metal halide light in this, uh, in this closet, which just got too hot, of course, and, uh, killed him. 
right? Uh, within like days, like, and so I realized, I was like, oh no, I don't, I, apparently I don't have a green thumb. But uh, from there, like anytime you fail, you're like, I got to give this another shot. So it took me a minute to talk him into giving me some more cuts and, uh, and, and which, which took a little bit, little bit. He's like, man, I just, he's like, I can't be doing this every time you mess up. And, and then, so I did a little, um, a uh, little homework, uh, as I was waiting. And then they, we were at the time we had a handful of, uh, um, uh, grow stores. And so you just kind of doing your research. This is, kind of before you know google and all that when I mean, we had asked yeah. Jeeves, but you weren't really getting that much information and and uh so yeah so you started learning how to keep a plant alive and uh and that's how that kind of started and uh grew grew up the white widow and uh first harvest was absolutely terrible and didn't dry it properly right. you know, nothing. and There's a lot to learn man like, what's that there's a lot to learn i wouldn't expect yeah. i'd be so surprised uh, if somebody just nailed their first harvest, especially in 2001, yeah, before there Without was any real information, where you're literally just hanging out with some old timer at the grow store. Well, I met this dude in the uh, down the earth section of the grow store. He seemed to know. You got these really well, nice roses. I Super soil, man. I did get hooked up though by a lady along the way. She gave me this printout, and basically, it was from uh, like a late late 70s, early 80s publication. And it was about sea of green, you know, and so reading that a bunch of times, I was like, okay, you get kind of the gist of it, right? Because you start learning MPK, you start, you know, right. you're, you're piecing all this together. And and now now it's a challenge, right? You know, so you're like, I, I got to, you know, I got I to gotta, I gotta make this happen. And so, yeah, a lot of trips and falls and, uh, and disappointments. I mean, I don't think I really caught on till the seventh or eighth round, you know? So we're talking, you know, probably a year and a half, you know, I was just right. basically keeping plants alive and, 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 uh, and I kept messing up the cure process, you know, but, uh, what ended up happening was just being in the scene, talking to people. Cause it was really hush hush at the time, you know, cause sure. anything over 99 plants was a, was instant, uh, fed Man, charge, you know, yeah, so they really people, five years. Yeah. They weren't really open to talk to you, but also too, I'm a people person. So once they, they realize like, Oh, okay, I can, I can have a conversation. I remember going and seeing a, a person set up and I was just floored. I was like, we were talking, um, it was kind of, uh, it was in a commercial building and you could look down uh, 20, 20 yards and it was just nothing but the, the you know, nicest looking plants, you know? Sure. And, uh, and so kind of, Kind of walk me through, and, and if I had a question, I could uh, I could meet up with them and, and take some notes. But really, then you start falling into meeting other growers, you know. But you're not necessarily hanging out. And then uh, and then I remember when I went to go scale it up, and it was a full basement, and uh, it was a place here in Seattle. <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, I remember we brought in all this dirt and. The first round in the basement went really well. Uh, and a guy that I was working with, and it came harvest, cured out really well. We had um, it was uh, some uh, UW purple, uh, some uh, uh, some Romulan, and I think there was a there was a an OG that was mixed in there. I can't remember which one. So, but we had to pack all this dirt out of uh, out of this basement, which I don't know if you guys have ever had to walk up two flights of stairs with dirt bales of dirt yeah you realize like there's got to be a better way and that's the way my brain works is like you know engineering and, and you know reverse engineering and re-engineering something so i started uh, kind of looking around what's that thing i said so you built an escalator <laughs> thank no, you very much no. thank you <laughs> something better um i came across uh i came across this dutch guy that was growing plants in a five gallon bucket. And then, and that was at the time it was a uh, deep water culture, right? You know, sure. then, yeah. So it was four buckets with a control bucket. And instantly I'm thinking, how do I scale this up to 200 buckets? And then that went, I went down to the, down to the grocery store and pieced together these fittings, uh, these grommets, uh, the uh, one inch line. And within uh, about two weeks, I had been able to replace the the whole downstairs basement with 200 five gallon buckets, and I remember to this day how hard how my fingers and wrists hurt from uh, pl uh, plugging all that stuff in oh, together. Sure. You know, they did the, 
push it in and you had to be watertight. And once you filled it with water, you had to go check to make sure you weren't have any leaks. And then the uh, next challenge was, okay, now hydro, right, is a little bit different than soil. And so your next thing now you're now you're running and trying to figure out how you're gonna uh, how you're gonna make up your newts for for this hydro for this deep water culture system that I just made. And that is probably those runs with that deep water culture. And I've grown in a lot of uh, a lot of methods. Probably to that to this day, that's probably what stands out the most. But it was far easier to plug in a pump and pump it out to the to the yard sure. and drain the tank than to pack and have a big huge mound of, of dirt. And we ran that for uh, a couple of years, and it was nice because especially turnaround, you could harvest, uh, take the hydroton out, uh, but we we put it in a, a cement mixer. To, to clean it and uh and then run it right but you'll uh, clean and sterilize the room and run it right yep. back and it yep. takes a little bit for those plants to take off in a deep water culture but the the vegetative growth was was phenomenal and from there we went from a uh, like hey, hang on I, I do want to ask you about that i do want to ask you yeah. because i went to deep water culture as well right out of the bat because i was huh? thinking that these plants i'm like oh dude this is a business system to grow weed and sell weed and make you know i wasn't thinking to myself you mean i can grow it <laughs> yes i can grow it <laughs> but i wasn't thinking to myself hey this is a plant because if I was, I would have stopped looking at the most high tech shit in the catalog and found someone that know how to grow good tomatoes right. or someone that knew yeah. it wasn't. It was hard to find people that knew how to grow weed that were going to tell you. And you got all this bullshit, you know. But if you just find someone that was a good backyard grower, you could get every principle you needed, man. Everything you needed. Yeah. Well, both yeah. of you guys have that sort of. Uh, yeah, it's like a little mini factory, you know, figure oh. out how to get it running. I had noticed that. Yeah, we both did the same thing, by the way. I uh, ended up setting, man, 200 plants. I don't know. You didn't hear the rules. I ended up setting 99 plants, but in three or four locations. But I would have the, the controller. I still use the controller. I have bottom feeding buckets, and I still use the, the, the controller buckets with the uh, float valves and stuff like that. And there's some great principles there. I, yeah, and again, washing the hydroton, all that stuff, the peroxide you would use, the 35% peroxide will just eat through your skin. Yeah. It was all the, all this shit, but it didn't feel natural. It didn't feel like I was, I was farming or, or growing plants, man. Well, from the reading that I was doing, because I even tried NFT over the years, but water is magic, right? Water is life and, sure. and, uh, and, and it's direct, it's direct contact with the, with the root. So it's, it's always feeding, especially in deep water culture. And the most important part about deep water culture is you can never have enough air, right? So the air stones are, are critical and key. So we ended up learning that in the process. So it was like, it was like this five, six year span of, of a, just a hard learned lesson after lesson, after lesson. And, and, you know, in hindsight, I'm surprised I didn't give up, but also too, I'm stubborn, you know, and, but you started, like I said, as you start to meet people along the way, but, um, and the, and the quality was quality was there, but it kept every time kept getting better. But like anything, you're like, Oh, this is working. I'm going to grow this. I'm going to, I'm going to expand this, you know? So we went from a garage or from a basement and the next, uh, place it was, a 3000 square foot commercial building, <laughs> you know, and that build out was challenging, but I learned a lot because I knew that we were going to have people that work there too. So we were dealing with water. So a lot of uh, learning how learning a lot about wiring GFIs, all that, because I didn't want to come in and somebody be electrocuted, you know, stuff like, you know, it's not just about me anymore, you know? And, but uh, yeah, it took, took about five months six months to build it out but it was it was sweet uh we moved from deep water culture to flood and drain and uh set up uh three 500 gallon tanks so and then it would pump the water in pump it out and then you start learning uh you know the mechanics of it and the controllers and timers and and acs and and you know uh that was kind job, of man. the factory yeah it really is man controls do you still grow dwc now i switched to cocoa it's fucking easier man no no um well we have a couple ways um now that we that we grow so we have uh in the breeding house we have a couple rooms set up uh with living soil 
Uh, and then, uh, but everything the opposite. Everything. That is the opposite. If there, you could go from one pole to the other, DWC is like you don't need. You know, we'll take you out of your uh, substrate. Just use water and air. We will hold you up and care for you. It's easier to scale <laughs> that way, right? Well, it's just that, yeah. Uh, what's it well, called? Uh, living soil is about building a good soil and letting them grow. Something that'll support it for ninety days. Yeah. You know? Well. What turned the the person that turned us on to living soil and especially um, the importance of it is uh, is is House of Heat. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her or not, but she's out of she's out of Southern California and and cool. that she's had the same soil for 10 years, 12 years, and that's what that's what got us to exploring that idea. But also when it comes to growing mediums, I mean, you name it, I've I've tried it. Uh, yep. You know, I've tried it. It's like the one thing I liked about uh, about hydroponics but the downside is that the sprayers get clogged and if a sprayer gets clogged then the then the roots start to dry out then you have a problem and if you have a you know if you have like 10 plants not a big deal but if you have a thousand right then it's a big deal and it can you know you could get weeks into work and and everything come in and everything could be droopy and dead and if you yes if, it, if the plant lacks water it just sets it back you know you if you if your plant goes dry just assume that you're set back a week or two because it's going to need to regenerate itself but it, it, from there the, what's that i was just going to say with hydroponics there's no media so it's completely unforgiving and i used to do deep water culture oh my chiller stopped working and i didn't realize it so the air temperature went from 68 to 78 and now or 80 and now my plants can't breathe and they're dying or the air stone clogged up because air stones and you know sitting in nutrients don't really do that well together so oh i forgot to clear this air stone is there was so much and if i just screwed up for eight hours boom then my pump died you know, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. For me. So with recirculating systems, uh, making sure that there's no light that's getting like that's what I'm saying. I had like a six, seven stretch there where every day was something new, learning something new. Like sure. oh, I need to change that, right? Sure. You know, oh, need to change this up. Need to need to switch this up. But that's what it. That's why I think the vast majority of people do grow, and and it's because it's challenging and it's also relaxing because it keeps your your brain working because you're constantly problem solving you know and and that's where you when you go around and you see people when you like i go around a lot of places in the country and and you'll hear people like oh i'm a master grower i've been growing for x amount of years and and got this it's kind of like a doctor right you're practicing growing you know you're never a master of it because mother nature you know will throw you a curveball at any given time and keep them regularly you know uh zooming at you right so that so you just have to be ready for it accept it and figure out what the problem is and solve it. But what I see is sometimes uh, that I would run into would be is I would go to fix a problem, create another problem, and try to create try to fix the problem I created, not realizing I didn't even fix the original problem to you know that I went after. You know, and next thing you know, you're going down this down this rabbit hole. You know, and unfortunately, I've lost in quite a bit of plants over the years, but also have had a lot of really good, really great success. So, as anything, we started off as growers. And perfecting perfecting that. And one thing that I really liked was when somebody would say, "Hey, I got a you know plant that that's not doing too well or or sick," and and I'd be like, "Well, let me let me work with it for a little bit." And you know, you can if you work with a plant for a couple of months, you can you can bring it back, you know, and whatever. Uh, and you just work through with whatever uh, whatever is ailing it, you know. So right. like, uh, what's that? Oh yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with you, but I am thinking of like the viruses and root aphids and shit. There's certain times I got to give up on you, girl. I'm sorry, you've been good to me, but I got to give up on you. I feel as bad about well, it as I mean, you do. Like when you think about it, um, I mean, as a recent, like you know, when it comes to plants that have high value or next to impossible to get, sometimes you're stuck with the only way is a solution because you can't lose sure. it, and sure. uh, so you know we. Um, and that's where you're like, okay, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to take this step by step. Cause like here with in-house, what we did is we set up a quarantine. And then from quarantine, once it's deemed clean, there's nothing on it, then it can go to go to our nursery. And then it's it's like a second stage. And then nothing, uh, it has to be thoroughly checked before it moves on to the onto the breeding stage and a and a whole different uh other facility. So, you know, that's the thing is 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 that way you can't, you know, can't like uh, eliminate a lot of cross contamination and uh, and and optimum health because if your plants have optimum health, they will they will work for you and you know and they will thrive. So, uh, and but also too, um, 
if you're stressed out or if you're just a high strung person, your plants are going to struggle just, just because, because they can feel like there's a, there's a, there's an yeah, energy there. It's like a stance. <clears throat> this is what Lovin says as well, man. Same thing. And it's hard for me to quantify it. Cause I'm the guy that goes, Hey, what's that do? What's that do? Yeah. And what's being nice and being mellow to your plants do? I think it's some things do some, we something don't understand. Un- yeah, unprovable, right? man. Well, I believe in, I believe, and I'll, I'll pull it up for you and send it to you. But uh, Stanford did a study, and it was a, it, it was a study about plants and how they react. So they had sent somebody in to kill off a bunch of plants, and then they took that person out. And then uh, brought that person back like a week later, but then uh, it had affected the plants. And yeah, um, yeah something I read a, a couple of years ago, but it's an actual Stanford study. It and actually, it, the, the guy, they didn't tell that the guy pulled out, it killed the plants. They were just like, it only reacted to this one dude. And they brought him back and they were like, <laughs> what do you do in the uh, nursery, you know, in the environmental program here? He's like, I'm in charge of killing all the plants. And they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I remember. I read Someone's got to do it in I a guess. book, man. Yeah, which makes it true. Yeah, and, and so like this still like it's a never-ending uh, learning experience. And so, I mean, twenty years from now, I'm gonna I'm gonna run into something new. And and every time we turn around, we got we got something new. Uh, whether you know, and it's supposed to be the end all, end all, or you know. But that's the thing is not only the plant are resilient, but these growers across the world are all just as resilient. You know, and the care and the work and everything that that these folks put in. You see it like we're fortunate because I get to see it from our hashtags and and um, and watch this unfold uh, right. constantly. So they, you know, and what you're starting to you know, and what you're starting to see is in a doubt, you know, a continuation of community, you know, uh, from the earlier earlier years, you know, the message boards and the growth forums and and all that, because that once social media really kind of took uh, uh, hit, you know, took on. A lot of people left those left those message boards and left those grow forums to sure. to just basically move on to on the bigger platforms, you know. The and that's you know those used to be fun to to see what people were doing and what people were saying and and weigh your opinions and and what worked for you and what didn't work for you. And like anything, even with uh, social media today, you had naysayers or get people like, oh, just go ahead and burn your whole grow down and you know <laughs> right. start completely over. And there's always I'm a always, hater, man. Yeah, That's where I learned I'm about too easy to be a jerk on the internet. It's just too easy. It is. I've always been a solution person, you know. So it's like, so, ah, yeah, I ran into this uh, wall, and I'm going to run into it again, but I'm going to find a way to get over it and find a solution. And that way, if somebody else runs into it, I can say, hey, you're not completely dead in the water. Here's here's what worked for me, and that's what another thing too is, like coming up in in this in this industry and the community was, is of watching, observing what everybody's doing and kind of taking a little piece of everything. And you got to, you know, you start building your own picture and, and that's, uh, that's been really neat to do, especially over the past, you know, 18 years or so. so and, you know, and I still, like I said, I still got a lot to learn, but, um, but yeah, so we started, like I said, we started off as growers and had a really great success with that. And, and I remember, um, a lot of people were going after, uh, you know, high yielding strains and really easy growing um, strains back in the day. And I was like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw my hat in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to perfect this OG, OG style, OG grow. And if anybody's ever grown OGs, small buds, uh, you got to kind of, you know, work it with the sea of green method. But those buds are dense, you know. So once you know, like if you if you break them up or you drop them on the table, you can hear it go thud, right? But at the time, everything was about big buds. And one thing that I learned early, especially from the pack days, was if you if quality in, quality out, but if you have quality, you never have to sell weed in your life ever because people will call you and ask you when your harvest date is. And that's one thing that we spent years in uh, uh, during that during those growth periods was we had our set people that that would come in and take everything that we got, but they would they would mark it on their calendar and call like, hey, what's the date? And like, well, there's a little bit of delay because the trimmers are all fighting, you know, <laughs> or, the, you know, the, you know, the, uh, the trimmer sagas. Everybody's had those had those sagas over the years. But that's um, that was really cool. So, yeah. hey, let me let me ask you, Brandon. Uh, I know you've been talking a lot about uh, sort of like finding solutions to problems. 
And so like when I hear you talking about those grows set up, it, it sounds like you're just getting everything dialed in, right? You like solved all those problems. And I'm wondering how that kind of led to you breeding. Like, was it a solution to a problem? Were you trying to make those plants better to grow in your sort of setup or yeah, for your needs or like, how did you, how did that transition into making beans, man? Yeah, that was a good question, Banner. So exactly that. That's an excellent question. And yeah, it's a solution to a problem that I saw coming because when I looked around, I noticed everybody was just growing the exact same thing. And then when you, when you have that, you have a saturation. So your way to solve that is, is, is uh, whether you're going to look into breeding yourself. But at that particular time, uh, when I was looking for that type for that solution, I had a friend of mine that uh, was beginning the, the breeding process, which just fascinated me because, you know, if you look, if you're forward thinking, you know, oh, this is the future. And so that's when we started kind of getting into conversations and, and, and he started, um, my partner started producing beans and we started popping them, hunting them, growing them out and getting real familiar because uh, in the beginning years, it's like on the plant side. That's that's where that's where my wheelhouse was was being able to uh, to make magic out of those out of those plants, and so from there it uh, that started to progress on, and and that relationship started to build, and that's about the time uh, in house started to gain a little bit of traction in uh, in those early years, which I think was roughly about 2013 going into 2014. Sure, okay. And, uh, and it was really out of Same out of necessity, and then you're then you start kind of uh, working with somebody like what's what 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 do you think would happen if we did this or what happened if we did that? And so you you start off as essentially seed makers, right? And you're just trying to find what's next or what what what's somebody going to look at and just be like, this is amazing. This is what I want in my life, you know. And that's how that's how that 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 came about. And then it's just building from there. And huh. that's been that's been the story ever since. It's just building and trying to, you know, put out the best that you possibly can. So when I hear you say best, what is, is there something that drives you that you're looking for? You know, some people are looking for they want to preserve a land race. Some people are looking for just straight up potency. Some people are looking for flavors. I'm just curious if you have something that drives you more than than other things in terms of the directions that you want to breed in or kind of like what you want to end up with. So, yeah, you're so when we when we first started, what we wanted to do is just kind of create something that was unique that and get maybe get lucky and find something that somebody else didn't really have, you know, and you're in and at, the, at the beginning, you're still like I said, you're learning on the fly, but you're starting to get the basics and and then you continue to, to build from there. But, yes, uh, ultimately, what you were looking for was is something that that grown beautifully that was you know pretty easy really adaptable and uh you know we we started finding uh certain certain strains that that were being you know that that we were creating along the way that started to started to do that and as we progressed and moved forward we noticed um we're dealing working with uh, uh the the, uh, the UW plant UW hash plant and crossing that and and especially when that the UW plant got crossed with the permafrost and everything, when that when that grew up, that became platinum. And it seemed like everything that that platinum plant with that um, hash in the hash plant in it just frosted up the plant. I mean, there's this crazy trichome build. So, you know, as you're going through these steps, you're starting to see the change. But also, too, it wasn't just us seeing it. We were putting these beans out as freebies and testers and all that. So you're starting to see all these folks get the, get the great results that they were also looking for. That's awesome. So, and I'm curious, uh, for your varieties, do you, is it, do you have a, uh, preference for flour or concentrates? Like, do you, does that go into your, any of your decisions in terms of the lines that you're working on? Like yeah, whether so they wash years, well or smoke well, for example? Yeah. So early years, like, uh, I guess I would say about, five, six years ago, we started crossing and working with uh, OG strains, but that was specifically for BHO extraction because it really sauced up. And this was uh, right in the heyday of Shatter and Shatter was sure. king. Yeah. And, um, I noticed uh, a handful of folks that were buying a bunch of Shatter uh, for other folks were coming back and picking up this sauce. And uh, and it was, you know, at the time it was kind of new to us. And, and uh, but the, 
what we noticed was is a lot of the OG strains uh, would would create just a phenomenal uh, sauce, which is just because it's loaded with the with the terpenes. Cool. So and, and, and that's but that's probably the same now. I mean, you still got that's probably become more and more important as time goes on. No. Yeah, it seems like more and more of it goes for concentrates, right? That's kind of why I'm asking you, you know? I'm curious. So, yeah, so that's, uh, so like, as, as as of late in the past year, we've been uh, shifting more for um, uh, bubble hash and rosin making, you know? Uh, so the plants that we know that perform well in that in that realm, because what you have is, is you're going to, going into the future here, as this industry grows and as people's uh, taste uh, change, the flower will kind of lose its its uh, status and it's going to move more into extraction. BHO's got its downside and so it looks like solventless will probably ultimately be king for a number of years, you know, maybe a half a decade, maybe, maybe a decade. So you, when you see that coming, you want to be able to, you want to be able to, you know, have a, you know, have a, have a dog in the race there. So you're, you start, you start, you know, working your working your lines working working your you're working your gear to to cater to that okay and then uh i know you are a huge proponent of caregiving and home grower kind of rights um and i'm curious if you also have work in any directions for more let's say smokable flour something that's easier for a, a home grower to enjoy meaning less processing yeah so the so what you're looking for is is um, and when it comes to home growers or people that are just starting out, something that isn't that's easy to grow uh, and, and it's a little bit more forgiving. So you're 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 starting to isolate those. Um, anything really kind of in our platinum line, especially like I spoke earlier, is really easy to, to pop and grow. And it is forgiving because it is resilient to uh, pest and, and PM, uh, you know, to a certain extent. But it, it, like I said, it's a, it's a really anything that's crossed with our platinum is, is more forgiving uh, than like the Slurricane line or the OGKB 2.1 line. And, and so that's so going into that is, is what you're and when you're talking about caregivers and home growers. The reason why that's one of those reasons why that's majorly important is because we're moving into this commercial realm. And anybody knows there's strains out there that are low yielding. And commercial won't grow those yeah. because they, they're looking at it as a profit-based sure. uh, yes. situation, right? And so, so those it, plants it, are being selected for that reason. That's exactly it. Yeah. So you're you you want to be able to so that's so so you can when you look at it as as that is is you'll have caregivers and home growers that it doesn't matter if the if the plant is low yielding, it's helping them. They're using yep. it as as their medicine, you know, and and that's why you want to number of reasons that's just one of a number of reasons why you want to protect the ability to the home cultivate and and the caregiver programs that are still around in the country you know we've lost a lot of them along the way especially here in washington uh we lost the medical program uh when legalization took effect yeah i mean just the, the amount you see what we do out of uh what is it a five a six by 12 space yeah. you can grow enough weed where you can give it to your friends and but i guess that does screw up nobody goes to the dispensary nobody pays taxes yeah I'm but sure. my, my point I was more, more can i disagree with you on that yeah scotty yes sir. so let me uh, yeah i want to like i've seen i've heard that before um from a couple of folks and sure. the way i see it and in, in the, the case that i would state is that's like saying back in the late 80s early 90s that people that were brewing beer in their house and sharing with their friends and neighbors yes. you know is going to wow. take away from budweiser's yes. profit right? exactly the I, same thing well can i buy you don't tax my tomatoes i'm growing at home yeah but you can't grow enough tomatoes to keep your everybody stocked with tomatoes for the next six months like a half a dozen people stocked with tomatoes. So you can give them so you're, okay, a couple so you're, tomatoes here and there, but we're shutting down the idea of, I, I could shut down the idea of a dozen people going to the dispensary that would buy an ounce a month. I don't think anybody has a right to make money on medicine that we're growing for ourselves and our friends. Agreed a hundred percent. I'm just saying if I'm a politician or somebody that, that makes money and I'm like, well, I can have one of these two things. Somebody going and buying $200 a month. Right. You know, 12 people going and buy $200 a month. Totally. One guy that and buys a $600 setup, you know, or a couple thousand dollars set up and feeds those people. Forever. Totally. And it's bullshit. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it absolutely I agree with is. You. It, it, that it, is kind of how well, it goes. And that's why that homegrown or home grower rights and making sure that people still have a huge, right to grow man. plants in their house, like not for sale for huge. their own personal consumption. So important. And also because I don't want to grow something that is only or best served for making concentrates because that's not what I'm going to do with it. No, I like that Pura Vida. It doesn't really yield very much, man, but at least not for me. It didn't yield that much, Yeah. but I love the buzz and I will grow that shit. Yeah. Man. And I, I agree, man. Everybody having something unique and something to share and, and just supporting that culture and the, the whole caregiving thing where it is, is medicine is just critical. So, man, well, so t- tell me about well, how you. The, but uh, yeah, with that though, is, is you don't see uh, Whole Foods coming and tearing up people's uh, pea patch in, in neighborhoods, right? So I mean, yeah, when, when I, back to what I was saying though, is it's like you have, you, you when you have uh, home grow and caregiver programs, that's where like innovation, that's where a lot of problems are gonna be solved that industry is gonna be able to, uh, to better. So as an example, going into the late 80s, early 90s, you go into a grocery store, the aisle only had uh, beer and light beer. Now, when you yeah. go in there, there's a vast selection, right? Even though people still homebrew, right? They when they want selection, they go to the store and try something else or try something else that they're gonna they're gonna work on. But that's 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 sure. kind of uh, what I, what I explain when when I when I see people because you're not really hurting and taking uh, any money out of the out of the other people's pockets. You know, wow. you're just creating variety at the end of the day. Do you guys remember when Michelob was the premium beer? (laughs) (laughs) Well, also, there's a there's a culture around it, just like gardening. And hey, just to remind everybody, it's just a plant. It's just a plant. So there's no need for any of that. It's just no different from, like I said, tomatoes or your peppers. Better be careful what you wish for, because if it's just a plant, lettuce is just a plant and they grow it for, you know, a couple pennies uh, a head. So when it becomes, when we drive by and you see $2 grams or $50 ounces and mom and pops closing down, you know, grows closing down because there's no margin in it anymore. Just remember, just a plant can go both ways, man. How about having chickens where you get your own eggs, man? Are you cutting into the poultry biz? No, I got it. But you know? at, what my point <laughs> is 12 eggs go for $1.69 at the store. And so having this illegal and have some scarcity <laughs> is good for us, man. It right. Is. It's true. Well. I would say I would say also too you you got the mom and pops that should uh, have have their head on a swivel anyhow the ones that were able fortunate to get uh, licensed and operating in states because right. you have large entities and vast like venture uh, capital that's yeah. coming in and in in monopolizing uh, markets now they can do that simply because the the bar of entry is so high you know like typically any normal business back in the day you could you could put a business plan together submit it to the bank banks say okay we're going to loan you this here's your payments yeah. right you can't do that in this industry so what you're seeing is is you're seeing a monopoly unfold real time in your in you know the and throughout the throughout sure. the country right it's cuz the and, bar of entry is is really high man yeah yeah well People give uh, Oklahoma a lot of heat, right? And they they give uh, they say, oh, it's, it's oversaturated, this and that. And when you when you look in when you dig into it and you look at it, you go, okay, a bunch of people got licenses, and it's like a in a sense a, a modern day gold rush. But the strongest are going to survive. But the bar of entry is low enough that the sure. common man and woman can throw their hat in the ring and take the take the chance and take the risk right now sure. here in Washington you want to throw your hat in the ring your seven figures right out the gate you know and wow. the vet, like normal common regular everyday people don't have that or you know necessarily access to that so what you end up ended up happening is is a lot of people that should be in the industry get turned off and can't be in the industry or get alienated out of the industry so you're right. left with people, newer people, newer generation folks that are now all of a sudden learning on the fly, but in a commercial scale. So that's why, um, uh, you know, Colorado had its issues when it first started out. Same with Washington still has, still has the issues. But one thing that holds true is, is there's changes that need to happen, but yeah, it, it, you're starting to see a monopoly take place and it's, and it's frustrating. So do you think that in Washington state, that sort of the underground sort of scene is coming back then? Because people are no. like, no, not at all. No, it's uh, you're like, um, you could throw a rock and hit a hit a grow house uh, 
seven, eight years ago. Now they're far and few in between. Um, and you can just tell that by all the grocery stores that shut down, you know, uh, wow. now grocery grocery stores oh. that do remain are like stores. 15 miles apart, essentially. Uh, but not to say that people still aren't growing, uh, but not on the level or scale that, that it used to be, you know, and because you can grow it here and you can have the, you can have the fire, but you gotta, you gotta, how many state lines do you gotta cross before yeah. you can get the, the amount that you want? What I'm curious about for somebody who like literally a home hobby grower, right? What's the scene? What is it like to grow in Washington state now? Is it like pretty, like, let's say tolerated, like nobody cares that you're growing four plants or, or is it, you know? So they, 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 they care because Washington state is, is money hungry when it comes to its taxes. Right. And now we have a, we have a legislation that's in committee for people to be able to have the ability to home grow, right? right. Which will uh, hopefully get out of committee uh, next uh, session, but it'll probably get kicked down, kicked down the line. But yeah, you're still subjected to to federal laws and same uh, stuff. If they want to come kick your door down if you're growing some plants in your house, sure. or um, what the really the one thing that you really want to be able to to get accomplished in the next year or two is, is one decriminalization, but also two, if you want to grow a couple plants in your house in a tent or something like that. You, mean, you you shouldn't be subjected to uh, crazy uh, uh, penalties. Like as an example, if you if you have children in your house, right? Then all of a sudden they they say, "Oh, it's a danger to the children." Stuff so that kind of narrative. You want that that to go yeah. away. But to answer your question is is like, is it it's 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 like turned away, but also to once they if they target on it or want to crack down on it, they they will at a at a flip of a switch, you know. And yeah. you're starting to see them crack down on large scale grows, but that's always been been going on. But it's just sure. a matter of like how much time they end up, you know, have on their hands to go kick down and take and raid somebody's tent. But it but it's notice you would say though, like no it's noticeable that fewer people are are growing at home now. Oh yeah. It's I mean, yeah, way fewer. Uh and I've seen huh. it well it used to be a great revenue people, stream. Yeah. And it's not so great of a revenue stream anymore. You used to have people banging your door down, being like, fuck yeah, dude, 4,000 a pound. Sure. You know what? This boy back in the day. Yeah. But yeah, I'll take 20 of them at 32. Okay, great. And I'll, and they came to your house, you know? Yeah. Now it's, uh, you know, okay, yeah, I'll take them for this price in New York. Well, Jesus Christ, I don't want it delivered. Yeah. But, but what <laughs> I, am I hearing you say that uh, it's going to hopefully come back? Well, you want to be able to like, so the, a lot of people that were in the medical program here were left out in the cold uh, overnight. So there was a bill that was supposed to go through, which was 5150. And at the last minute, right. they were like, we're putting number. everything yeah, under right. retail, right? And, and there was no discussion. They just said, we're putting everything under retail. So you left a lot of people that depended on cannabis for medicinal uh, aspects out in the cold, you know, and as anybody knows, it's really difficult to grow, right? So you know, you know, and if you're if you're getting supplied or you can go to a dispenser, you know exactly what helped you, whether you had trouble sleeping or if it's for pain or right. nausea, whatever right. it is, you already knew what you were what you were looking for, you know. And now this the when the when the retail took place in Washington, you didn't have that selection any longer. It was in many cases, it was you know, old and outdated, you know, uh, flower that was sitting on the shelf, you know, I mean, people, there was, wow. there was flower from previous years that, that was sitting on the shelf, you know, they'd be like, Oh Vintage. yeah. Your... What's that? <laughs> Vintage sucks, man. Vintage flower. Yeah. Uh, so that's, Your so that guy, uh, so a lot of things that we do is we try to bring awareness to folks that be like, Hey, you know, if you wanted to grow 10 or 12 plants, it's not super difficult, but you do right. have to put the, you do have to put a little bit of work and effort in, but once you get that success, it helps you on so many levels and, you know, uh, from your stress to the, your well-being and all that. So now that shift is now starting to turn where we're, where we're, we're starting to get people that type of information. The reason why it's stalled out and it's not uh, widely uh, is because of the lack of education on the subject in the situation. So now more people see success of people around them or on social media and all that be like, Oh, I can, I can do this in a four by four tent or an, an eight by four tent. And, yeah, yeah. and I can, it's true. yeah. And then that's when also too, because when you, when you guys think about it and you go back to the original reason why we get to actually talk openly about this was because people were looking for solutions that medicine couldn't provide. And what I mean by that was 
uh, solutions that were were uh, coming in pill form weren't working. You know, so, so from true, seizures man. and to um, just the stuff with your body. So nausea, so high motivation there, man. Nothing. I mean, if you need something to to be healthy, yeah. like you're going to be highly motivated. Yeah, and that flower, man. I, I I'd say just from for a nausea point of view or whatever for that ailment. Mm-hmm. God, symptom. It's a symptom. It right? works. It's amazing, yeah. man. Just one little puff and you're like, hey, I feel a little bit better. Yeah. So uh, I, I wanted to say, Brandon, that uh, so uh, just taking a look at your Instagram feed, there's a, a lot of stuff about there about uh, the homegrown, but there's also a lot of awareness. And, and I've seen this in a bunch of other places, especially Instagram, about scammers. What is yeah, it? Just oh, it's yeah, ridiculous. Like, can oh, you, we have a fake dude grows account scammer? What is up scammer? with all yeah. the scammers selling seeds everywhere? It's amazing. I I don't know, man. I, I'm a, I'll let let Brandon talk about it, but hook us man, up yeah, like, with the info. I don't want to get scammed, People man. People doing crazy stuff to sell really? seeds. Yeah, it, it's it, it's pretty elaborate. I mean, there was a major scam last year that took place that was extremely elaborate. But as a recent, what you're talking about uh, lately is. People will get in the comment section and they'll use a variation of your name or something in a Gmail or a Yahoo. And they'll say, hey, hit me up. And anybody that's ever uh, dealt with in-house over the years knows that when we don't do anything over social media whatsoever. We will never ask you to email us, to anything like that. And also, too, if you have a concern, question, or we need to follow up and whatever, we'll give you an email that you can track back to an in-house, you know, verified site, right? Sure. And one of the uh, terrible things that I saw was compound getting hit and people were pulling at uh, the heartstrings uh, and they they made a post or fake page and said that his daughter was sick and he was raising money and that compound has a lot of support in in the community. So people were like, hey, is this real or is this not real? But some people sent money because they care like you know the the thing is is yeah a lot of these uh companies people truly care about because they've been in lockstep with them and but what you're starting to see is just ramp up to a level that we haven't seen uh we haven't seen before yeah just quick uh public service announcement just for everybody it's Mm -hmm. really about just be really aware that this is happening because it seems to be more and more common now. What happened to and, us, uh, man? Over the weekend, I found uh, me and my me and my daughter were looking at at uh, Dude Grows Instagram. Yeah, and Dude Grows underscore is a fake account. Yeah. Ah, see, and and, and then uh, there's like I look at dude at our messages. There's seven people waiting for their prizes. I'm yeah. like, oh, what? Or <laughs> exactly. So all of our folks, hopefully, you know, just be aware, letting you know. Yeah. I hate to see somebody put five months, of, six months of work into something that. It is assuming they even get the seeds, but you know, either just losing the money straight up or just getting shit back. Yeah, that sucks. That, that sucks, too, man. That does. That sucks. That's a bummer. And I can speak with us. What we have is is we have a verified vendor list and and people that we work directly with, and that's where you uh, be able to place all of your orders and get your in-house packs is through our vendor list. Outside of that vendor list, anything outside of that. You're on your own. That's why we don't support sure. resellers. We don't support auctions. Um, the only time we are part of an auction, if it's a charity auction and it's known that we're a part of it and we know that it's going to that particular charity or that particular situation. But if uh, just as a reminder, if you have an account that's looking to send you uh, information or sales or do sales with you, and if they're reputable, that more than likely 100% scam pretty yeah, much. They're not going to hit time. you up, right? No. Yeah. So just just wanted everybody to know Jeez. that. And uh, I know there are a lot of uh, other uh, seed makers that are doing kind of the same thing, like verified places to buy them. So right. Just wanted to make sure everybody's aware of that. Um, and everybody's familiar have to be with so complicated, and- man. Why? <laughs> All right. Yeah. And uh, hey, hey, uh, I also wanted to ask you, scrolling through your Instagram feed, there was a little tease maybe a week or so ago about a big announcement coming up. I don't know if it's too early or if it already dropped, but man, I wanted to ask you about it. Okay. Yeah. uh, We haven't announced it yet, but I'll I'll let you guys know here. So you uh, you guys have obviously done a little bit of uh, research on on in-house and you guys noticed over the years, everybody we've worked with, uh, we've all come up together. And have had really good, great relationships uh, over the years with with everybody that we worked with in the community, from seed banks to our testers. Now, some of our early testers have now become known in their own right, you know, and and are now uh, off doing their own thing. Some of them are even breeding 
Uh, so with that said is, is we've been working with House of Heat for a couple of years and she started off uh, testing our gear and a, and a relationship developed. We really liked her style, started working directly with her. Uh, this has been over probably a little over a year now. And so uh, and then we started collabing and, and uh, some of the style gear, some of the work that she has. So uh, from there, we were like, okay, let's start, let's start moving and let's, let's work together for the next, uh, next couple of years and see what we can do. And you guys just recently saw one of the collabs come out, which is the color of space that, uh, that was released uh, uh, last week. And that's uh, uh, super exciting, super exciting for her. But going into the, into the next year, in-house and House of Heat are going to be working together uh, for the next for the for foreseeable future for at least the next couple of years. Great. Man. So there's going to be a lot of lot of good that's going to come out. And she's great people. And on top of it, phenomenal grower. That's great, man. Congrats. Yeah, right on, man. And uh, uh, I got one more thing for you. Uh, I get this a lot from uh, listeners, and that is, um, hey, if I want to just get kind of introduced to what in-house is all about. Is there like a pack that you would recommend for somebody that's kind of starting out? You mentioned that something with the platinum is, is easy to grow. Yeah. Anything really with the platinum in it and what's left. Um, as you guys see, they, we, the, the packs sell out pretty quick and the stock stays pretty low. So sometimes you got to go searching for it, but yeah, really anything platinum for beginners is where you're, where you're going to want to, where you're going to want to be at. Cool. Uh, but that's the, that's the thing is, is we try not to, saturate everything so we we let it we let out a certain amount and then once they're gone essentially they're gone that's great yeah thank you we just a lot of people ask that because they really don't know what to get they read the Me. descriptions or not in <laughs> haven't been following the scene and the lines and the breeders for a long time right. so it's nice to be able to say hey man you know what if you're looking for something from in-house you know check out the something with the platinum yeah. breath in it and uh that's that's good to go man and they can kind of discover it on their own and they like it they'll you know try another pack yeah so we have a we have a platinum fish breath uh crosses in testing right now so going into the springtime uh you should be able to uh, see them popping up we um i think we're we'll probably start getting results back uh here in the middle of january and then uh and then for six weeks on from that we'll start getting the, all the information back from the testers and to see and see how it how it did so but yeah that that line when that when that comes out would be a perfect uh, line because you're they're pretty forgiving and uh, great germ rate. Excellent, thank you. I do, and I lied. I do have one more question. Come on, come on. You know what? I'm really curious about what you do when you're not growing weed, like when you're just like smoking weed. You're what do you what are you doing? Are you fishing? Are you driving race cars? What do you like to do, man? Uh, well, race cars. I guess if you call it, <laughs> I well, I mean. Go to the sand dunes, that type of stuff. But oh, fuck yeah. I work constantly because I don't really think of it as work. This is uh, kind of shifted where you enjoy you when you enjoy what you're doing. It's just normal course of stuff, right? Sure. But as far as like um, you know traveling, uh, if I go somewhere, I usually take time out or take an extra day to kind of see the surroundings and kind of get out and explore and see uh, you know. I mean, maybe that I'll never be in that town or city ever again. But yeah. uh, but for like recreational stuff, yeah, your typical boating, quadding, uh, dune riding, uh, and snowmobiling is pretty much uh, the nor a northwest type of type of thing. I think it's a rite of passage. To right be on. With. What what's your favorite thing to do while you're smoking your own weed? Uh turning my brain off. <laughs> Good for you. Oh uh, no, I'm 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 absolutely serious it's there's nothing better like because when you you're constantly your brain's constantly going 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 and in the moment that you can kind of just turn everything off and just kind of relax and put your phone on silent and you get you know a couple of hours of just that zen just you know really nothing the world stops and it's and you can kind of sense it and feel it and, and i've been like that for a while but also it's kind of like a minor reset button, you know, and that's just because you go so hard and go, 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 go. Sure. And yeah, you know, I feel and, you. I, yeah. uh, I'm, so I'm curious because I, I, I totally get that. And uh, do you do you tend to like kind of like a spacey kind of high for that, that for that reason? Spacey kind of uh, high where you just kind of like forget about you whatever's a couch on your mind, guy, man. And, you know, as, as a late, I've been really digging uh, edibles. 
Uh, so we got these, we got these candies here, you know, and you chew, they're uh, only 10 milligrams, but you chew four five, six of those, you're, <laughs> you're going to be pretty good. Right you know? on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, yeah, serious, definitely so 10 milligrams, feel good. 10 milligrams for somebody that really smokes a lot of weed. I've gone down to Florida with 50 milligrams, given, you know, 20, you know, half breaking in half, give it to my buddy that smokes all day. Yeah. He was like, yeah, pretty high. Can I have the other half? You know, like, it's not that crazy, man. If you smoke all day, every day. I don't know, man. You have a really high tolerance for edibles. Well, yeah, I do. You do. Actually, I shouldn't say. Are you throwing hundreds around? I'm like, dude, I'd be like in the hospital. No, you would yeah, be I laughing your ass off, man. Would you be yeah, I can't, there I can't do hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't do hundreds. But also, too, uh, when I go back, uh, when I'm in the Midwest there and hanging out with folks in the Midwest, it gets pretty rough smoking with those folks because they love them backwards and yeah man it gets, yeah, he's right it gets man. pretty rough like yeah the end country. of the night you're just like Whew. you know <laughs> i mean you're you're blown but at the same time you're just like oh you know you can you can taste that backwood for sure Especially but it's like depending on where you're at like you go up into michigan uh, they love they love their concentrates and love dabbing, you know. And I have a low tolerance for for dab, so I, I can only do those every once in a while. Yeah, but I, and my hand hats down to, to to people that can just dab after dab, like uh, like uh, Clarice Melts, you know. She's with me quite a bit on the road, and yeah, she'll she'll just dab every you know every fifteen twenty minutes. Hey, saturated dabber. Yeah, saturated system is a saturated system. So I just can't get yeah. much higher. Except but it's my thing is, is I, <laughs> yeah, like like the you're kind of you're you're kind of partaking with a with a purpose in mind, you know, and and whatever whatever works. But also too, uh, I want to touch base with like you know, there's a, that debate whether this is truly medicine or not, or like you know, and you know, one thing I want to always tell the people and since there's going to be a, well, quite a bit of people that'll watch this is if this truly wasn't medicine and didn't have those properties why would the united states human and health services patent the cbd uh in it and then list everything from heart disease to high cholesterol to all that in order to get the patent on that cannabinoid in that plant because they're shady yeah but at 2014 <laughs> yes. well one of the reasons why they did it was because gw pharmaceutics was coming heavy with that epidiolex, oh, epidiolex you know, yeah. $36,000 a year. So that's uh, one horrible, thing that you're starting man. to see with. Horrible. Yeah. One thing you're starting to see now, Pfizer, I believe, or one of the, one of the uh, pharmaceutical companies now throwing their hat in the ring in the, in the industry. And that's just going to, that's just going to create, uh, create havoc uh, sure. all the way through. Well, yeah. So buy some seeds and <laughs> grow your own. You know what I mean? Well, Share that's back friends. to the. I, I, know, I don't know if you guys want to touch base on it, but that's kind of back to the one world, one plant aspect, right? Uh, it's what we're gonna do is is show across the board that you can grow anywhere on the planet and be able to have success, but also have success with a bunch of other people at the same time. You know, and you have a common goal. This is we just essentially just brought three hundred people together that are gonna interact with each other. All through the all through January, February, March, and into April. Right, you know, that is and, awesome. That yeah, is, and sense of community. Yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah, but yeah, well, what it and it came from the the stuff that was going on in Michigan and and them trying to kneecap the caregivers. And when I say started talking to people, I was like, well, I want to do something cool, but I want to I want to show the importance and showcase folks that that grow at home, that grow and cultivate at home, you know. And that was. That was one of the th one of the things that we came up with, and we thought, oh, we'll just put it around the United States, and you know, I like to think bigger than that. I was like, well, let's see, we'll get around the world, you know. And at first, it was just kind of, you know, throwing it up on the whiteboard, you know. And then uh, V9 Grows was like, that's a great idea, let's do it. And then uh, Canna Crew, which is in South Africa, was like, yeah, I'm in, let's do it. And Canna Crew came back and coined One World One Plant. And then that was the, the then it just it kicked off from there, and that's been really cool because what I've noticed is we did it didn't wanted to tr uh, treat it like a competition, but we had to have captains, so we set it as a showcase. And from there, uh, we uh, we had people sign up through email, which they were issued a ticket 
And then we did the ticket drawing and people, I, I was excited. Everybody was excited. Everybody that got a ticket, they were excited. And, and then we just started picking people from around the world and, you know, United States and Canada. And it's been, been awesome. And the feedback has been great. And where the people are starting to get their envelopes the past 10 days, 14 days. So you're starting to see it populate on, on the feeds and, and the one world, one plant hashtag. So okay, yeah, I was going to ask excited. you how we find more info on that. So we, we managed to find well one world one plant hashtag yeah. only had one post uh, when we when we looked at it and then uh, one world one plant uh, Instagram uh, was available so it, it's like it's like fate you know it's like the universe being like here you guys go and that uh, but everybody that's like one thing that I really thought was really neat was even the people that didn't get picked their attitude they were like. Thanks for, you know, consideration or I'm glad that at least I was in the running, but, you know, but we're going to do it again next year. But it was really cool because the the positivity aspect of it has been been awesome. And that's kind of what we what we need going into 2022 is is get rid rid of some of this negativity and and bring a little bit more positivity into the into this world, you know, and we just went through a hellish two years anyhow, you know, so it's time to enjoy, laugh and and get to know people again, you know. Love Even it. if it is through a video screen. Love I it. dig it, man. I, damn, we can hang out all day long, man. But I feel like I got to know my breeder today, brother. I, hey, I, no, appreciate- I really appreciate you guys having me on. And the uh, there's more to come. I'm excited. Like I said, I'm excited for next year. We're going to we're gonna uh, uh, launch a couple more projects. But uh, right now, I'm, I'm really excited for the One World, One Plant. I really appreciate you guys having me on. And I'm a fan of your guys' podcast and what you guys do. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, Thank man. You, Thanks. Hope to meet you in person sometime soon, man. Yeah, I'd love to get out to Colorado. And let me know if you, uh, if you come out to Seattle. I'll show you all the, great, all the great times. Sounds great, brother. All right, Brandon, in-house genetics, I thank you so much, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right. Agree there. Some people love to blaze up the deck. Yeah, we get happy for noon. Take a little break That means we're lighting up a dude